Hi, and welcome to a Novel Ending Podcast. We're your hosts, Joanna and Kat. We chat about all things revisions, the fun stuff, the not-so-fun stuff, and the seriously, I've written like 10 novels now, why doesn't this get any easier stuff? Join us while we share our enthusiasm and tips to help you tackle your next draft before it tackles you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a Novel Ending Podcast. This episode, we are discussing vision boards. It's part of our nano series. So today, we'll talk about how to immerse yourself in the mood of your story for drafting for nano or just in general for going back into revisions or starting a new project. But first, we have a question of the day. Would you rather read a book with an annoying cliffhanger at the end or one where your favorite character is killed off? I have read both of these. And dislike <laughs> which one do you which one do you dislike more? I think I dislike the annoying cliffhanger more. As long as the killing of the character happens at the very, very end. No, I'm just kidding. As long as it's justified, I guess. I think I can get really excited about a cliffhanger, honestly. I think I am more okay with that generally. However, I also because I'm a writer, I like to believe that if you kill a character off I understand sometimes you have to kill a character off. Mm-hmm. So I do read sometimes just for character. Like I'm following the character more than the story or the world. Sometimes I'm following the world. But if I'm following the character and you kill them off, I could see not wanting to finish reading. So I'm going to say I would rather read a book that ends with an annoying cliffhanger. Oh, okay. That's what I said. So we agreed. Yeah, we do. Okay. That's just why I'm so <laughs> silent and in shock. <laughs> yeah we do we do (laughs) yay so this episode we're gonna sort of split up into two parts as we were prepping for it um we sort of thought about you know what do you put on a vision board what do you think about before you go into writing and from like the standard journalism who what when where why we're gonna prompt some ideas for a vision board from that And then we're going to go to the five senses. You know, we're trying to fill in mood and vibe and things like that. So that's how this episode is going to go. Not that you need to include something for each of these in your vision board. This is not a how-to vision board necessarily. It's just a here's some ideas to collect so that you're sort of armed with things when you go into writing your story. So just listen, and if some of them spark your muse, then we're doing our job. First, who? So with characters, I think this is what I tend to do most with my vision boards, is get visuals for characters and clothes for characters and things like that. What about you? If I do vision board something related to a character. I only really do clothing. I don't really do hairstyles or eye color or things like that. I think, and I believe I said this, I can't remember what episode, some episode, that I feel like clothes and how like a character presents themselves as far as that goes 
is more telling than the shape of their nose mm-hmm. or like how full their lips are or things like that. Yeah. Uh, I do not write romance, obviously, because I know well, those are I think for me, part of the reason that I collect faces on my vision board is that I feel like you have to describe a person to some extent. I don't think you can just leave them as an empty head and saying brown hair and brown eyes is not very inspired. So if I have a face on a vision board, I can like pick out things about that face that are a more unique way of describing their jawline or whatever that might not draw up that face that I'm looking at, but it just gives a little bit more interesting of a description for a person. Mm -hmm. And how many characters, and I know obviously each of your novels has a different cast of characters, but typically do you do it for your like two main characters or... I would say maybe four, the big ones that are around a lot, but I'm not doing like a whole board for each of them. It's they're just on the board. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Gotcha. So yeah. the smaller characters just like maybe get one picture. The main characters maybe get, you know, a picture of their face and like the kind of clothes they wear, like you said, like what kind of style, what, you know, that kind of stuff. Cool. So next would be what? So obviously you're not plotting anything out on your vision board, but if you have any ideas for a big moment that you are excited about writing or there's like a visual of something as far as a clash, a war, a battle, the couple finally gets together, anything like that, that inspires you. You could throw that up on your vision board. I feel like this is probably one of the ones in in the first half of, this episode, like the first part we kind of talked about, that doesn't get vision boarded the most, but that I find the most interesting. Because I do think a good number of authors, when they go into a story, have that big scene in mind. At least I do, where I'm like, ah, I can't wait to write this like mm-hmm. pivotal scene or this one scene that sparked the idea for the whole story. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like a really cool concept to like vision board that scene because that's what is making you excited and like giving you momentum behind the story. Just having that to look at and reference and, you know, keep in mind that goal that you're trying to reach. I think also that a lot of times those big scenes are hard to get down on paper because there's too many moving parts. And there's definitely movement that you can't capture in a picture but even so there's definitely times in your story when you're writing and you're writing a big action scene or you're writing a lot of movement that like there's just this image that you want to impart and I think sometimes that vision board shot can help you convey that in a clear manner so that it's understandable and clear when the reader is reading it Mm -hmm. yeah agree definitely so the next w is when So the time, it can be like time period that it takes place, you know, if it's modern day or if there's like a historical element, including that in your vision board as well. Aspects of that historical, things that are different that you need to remember that are different so that you don't slip back into using a cell phone or a computer or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or if you do have like a a ticking time bomb in your story, you can vision board the amount of time you gave yourself. I don't think a lot of people think to like use a calendar as part of a vision board, Mm -hmm. but you can calendar out how you set up your vision board. Right. So I think that today a lot of people do vision boards on like Pinterest and Canva. Mm -hmm. But if you do do, you know, 
plenty of people like doing them on bulletin boards or poster boards or something like that. And if you are doing something like that, you could do like in the beginning, here's my vision of the beginning normal setup. And then as we go, things change and you can like put things on a timeline even like that. I like that idea. Yeah. Like vision boarding in a timeline Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Or if you're a scrapbooker, you can scrapbook vision board through your, the time of your story. Yeah, like if it takes place over like a high school senior year, mm-hmm. a scrapbook would be a cool right. thing. Like, yeah. Not that you're going to have homecoming and prom and all those things in your book, but whatever you do have that like are pivotal moments of a senior year that you could like throw on a timeline. Yeah. So the next um, W would be where. So your setting, whether this is contemporary or fantasy. This is the thing I vision board the most, I would say. I usually don't vision board this until after my first draft. Again, it is just purely because I'm a pantser. And when I sit down to write first draft, I just go. But going into my second draft, I 100% take the time to vision board my locations. And if it's like a city or town, I usually vision board just the houses and the buildings that make up that town because I do like to creatively come up with everything else about it. If it's like a castle or a palace, I usually only do the exteriors of those. I don't usually do like interior palace rooms. I I definitely do a lot of buildings too, whether it's contemporary or fantasy. And I do do indoor do you of do the palace of, of, of the palace maybe more than I do the exterior of the really mm-hmm. okay yeah. yeah yeah and then it kind of depends on the novel too like how in depth I go with my vision boards especially with the where kind of the setting aspect of it for some novels I'll grab like 20 exterior photos for some I'll do just like an element in a room. So if a room has like a throne in it and that I want to be the main focal point of the room or if it's a room full of statues and that's what I want the reader to focus on, I will only just vision board different statues and describe those statues. I won't vision board anything else about the room because to me that doesn't matter as much. Like if I don't want the reader to focus on it, then I'm also not going to focus on it as Mm -hmm. a writer. That's a good point. I definitely do more setting vision boards for fantasy than I do for contemporary. Mm-hmm. They're much more elaborate anyway. Yeah, I would say I'm the same way. For contemporary, I will Pinterest or Google images, but I won't necessarily make a vision board of it. Like if I'm just writing a scene, I'm like, oh, like how does a high school like hallway look? I'll just mm-hmm. Google it really quick. And then, like, not commit it to a vision board. But Mm -hmm. for fantasy, I'll totally have actual, like, boards that I can reference, like, all the time. Mm -hmm. I even, like, I actually print them out a lot of the times, too. So the last W is why. And sometimes for my vision boards, what I will add are quotes or life mottos, quotes that are life mottos or kind of the viewpoint of my characters so that you can distill their controlling belief or what they want in your vision board. Have you ever written a book? And I've, I've read pretty much all of your books, so I should know this. But do any of yours have actual quotes in the beginning or at the beginning of chapters my, or anything? Well, in the beginning of most of my books, there is a quote, not a quote between chapters. 
Okay. Do you have that vision boarded out before or is that something you select after? Um, both. Okay. There are some, I feel like my vision board quotes tend to be more character related, not theme related. And the quotes that I put in the book in the beginning of the book tend to be more theme related. Okay. Gotcha. I, it's not a quote or anything, but my latest novel that hopefully is going out on sub soon I had the last line for that in my head forever and ever and ever. And how I kind of vision boarded that is I made a wallpaper in Canva, like a computer wallpaper. And then that was my wallpaper on my laptop forever. And it just Mm kind of gave me like that motivation when I opened up my laptop and saw it and started writing that I knew like that is the end goal, like where I need to get the story to. So that last line works. So yeah, just another way to do an unconventional vision board i guess that's a a vision board distilled right Mm -hmm. into the smallest space yeah okay so moving on to our senses which just fills in i think the depth of your world building whether it's contemporary or fantasy and you might just stick these in in the tiniest ways you're not like going to go about describing something really on and on but it will be something that your character smells or eats or whatever. And that will just, you'll just have that and you'll know it going in. So let's start with taste. Like I I think obviously if there's fantasy, what kind of foods are your people eating? They're not going to be eating the same kind of stuff that we do necessarily, you know, anywhere from sci-fi type foods to medieval type foods in a kingdom fantasy. But also, even if you're doing something local or regional, if you're really trying to get the sense of a regional area of the United States or the world, you can dig into what those foods are standard there and put them on your vision board. And I think this is one that gets overlooked, but I feel like at least one character eats in every single novel, right? I don't know if I've Um, ever read a novel where... Unless maybe you're a vampire and you're just drinking. But then you have to describe the... (laughs) I guess it's their food. But yeah, but I feel like food at least makes an appearance in every single mm-hmm. story. So yeah, definitely can be vision boarded for sure. And another one of the senses would be scent or smell. And this one might be like a little bit harder to vision board. I don't personally like vision board it, but I do Google it all the time because I do like to include a lot of smells in my stories, because I think it just adds another layer of immersion, I guess. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I just will Google like, what does grass smell like? Because what happens with my smells is I tend to describe everything as like, oh, it has a sweet smell. And then when my (laughs) critique partners are like, you realize like everything smells sweet in your story. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So I changed that. (laughs) Yeah, I use scent most for like an outdoor setting. Or I will often have a scent close by. If that counts as vision boarding, you know, the way that you can vision board a scent anyway, um, so that I can smell it while I'm working, particularly if I'm trying to describe mainly it's usually the like romantic male lead because they can't all smell the same. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, um, you have to come up with different smells for them and you don't want them just to smell like one thing either. So mm-hmm. actually having a scent for me makes, I can like smell the scent and think more thoughts than just, oh, I'm going to pull this abstract scent out of my brain when I'm not smelling something. So. Yeah. I feel like you do a really good job of 
your characters having smells and scents to them. And I don't think I've ever done it. Not because I don't mean to do it. It's because I just forget that that's a thing. (laughs) I probably, the, the stories of mine that I do that in, I probably had a scent on hand when I was writing it. Yeah. Nice. And then to kind of go along, like what I was saying, how I Google like what things smell like all the time. I also Google what things sound like a lot. So I won't necessarily vision board sounds, but I will Google constantly like what sound does this thing make? You know, a lot of times it's just so my descriptions aren't too, yeah, too Mm -hmm. flat or the same over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Something that I do think people, and it's not really, I guess, a vision board, but it is a thing that helps you evoke like a mood when you're writing is creating playlists for your novel. I know this is pretty popular. Is this something that you do, Joanna? Um, I want to do this. I've just started actually thinking about doing this. I don't feel like I know music well enough. So my playlist would be like all songs from, I don't know, the 80s and the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see. I mean, obviously with iTunes, you can search things that come to mind and see, you know, what is like that currently. So yes, I, I definitely think I would like to do this for Shady Woods as I have the like last two books coming out. And sometimes I'll have a song in mind for a person, like one particular character or for a relationship. There's been times where I've been inspired by a song for two characters. So that's something you could vision board, perhaps. I don't know if you can like pull up a song on Pinterest and save it to a board. Or maybe if it has lyrics to right, it, like something. that, you could vision board. Right. For sure. I mean, definitely if you're doing it traditionally, like on a bulletin board or via paper, you can print off lyrics or write a line or two. I do like the idea of playlists. Yeah, I really like the idea too. I don't do playlists also because I, I don't know music that well. I know lots of show tunes, but my problem is if I'm writing and there's music playing that I really like that has lyrics, I will just concentrate on the music and on the writing or I'll like start typing out the lyrics in my writing Mm -hmm. and it just kind of all blurs together. So I have to write to either purely instrumental stuff or quiet or just like general coffee shop. I agree. I am the same. I think for me, the playlist would be more of a like, more for the reader. Like, here is some songs to evoke the vibe of the story. The yeah, novel, like the mood. The setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for sure. The next sense would be sight or visual. So anything else that you want your readers to be able to see when they're reading. Um, if there's some, like, just clips in your head or images in your head that you don't want to lose and you can find some sort of image online for that to add to your vision board. And if you add some inspiration regarding this, then it can help you remember to add it into your story. Yeah, something else I just thought of for this, if you're writing a story with a main character or even just a character point of view from a viewpoint that's different than just like normal human height, I know this sounds weird. Okay, Mm. hear me out. So say one of your viewpoints is from a dog. Like you might want to vision board 
the world from a dog's perspective, because mm-hmm. it'll just be so... Or take your different. own pictures at that level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, that could be a way you could utilize a vision Or a child. Them. I mean, even if you're writing children's books or mm-hmm. middle school, and there are plenty of books with dogs as characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, something else to think of with visioning board this particular sense. Mm-hmm. And the last scent would be touch. So the feel of things, if there's particular fabrics that you want to be prevalent in your world or um, natural products due to the setting or landscape that you're writing about. You know, even things in nature like plants, you know, some plants are Mm -hmm. dangerous to touch. They have thorns or, you know, Mm -hmm. like roses, something like that. Sand or like gritty textures can all be added to a vision board. So I think now that we've talked about all the things you can add to your vision board, and I've definitely mentioned Pinterest enough that you probably think Pinterest is paying for this episode, but they're not. What are some of the places that you can vision board? So I have vision board, obviously, on Pinterest, and I have vision board in Scrivener, which is a nice segue to our next episode, but I'll let Kat tell you about that after at the end. And we've talked about scrapbooking or physical vision boards. So you don't vision board a lot, but you do do some physical stuff when you're writing. Yes. If I do vision board, I do physical vision boards. And sometimes this is printing everything out. I would say my heavier fantasy books, I will print things out and tape them to my writing wall just so I can just, you know, turn my head to the side and be like, oh, yeah, that's what that castle looks like. Something else I'll also do is, so if I'm writing like a kingdom and I have different cities, when I print out the vision board and tape it to my wall, I'll tape them in like the correct geographical location. So if like this one town is to the east of this other town, like that's how I'll put them on the wall. It's just like an easy way to remember it. It's almost like I'm like mapping it out on the wall. I found that's been really helpful. And then I do have a revision journal, which is nice because it's very portable. So in that I'll like scribble out some like a a map, like I'll scribble out a map or I'll print some stuff out and like paste it in there or like handwrite things that is not the picture form, but it's like me describing what's in the picture. Um, And that's nice because I take to like coffee shops or writing retreats. So because this podcast does talk a lot about revisions, I do think it's important to revise your vision board, which I don't hear a lot of people really talking about Mm -hmm. uh, revising it. Joanna, do you revise your vision board inspiration photos? It's not part of my process where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a vision board. I'm going to write the book. I'm going to revise my vision board. I'm going to revise my book. It's not like that. But I definitely, every time I'm working in my manuscript, I will refer back to the vision board. And I do sometimes take things out that I haven't used or add things that like I wrote but weren't on my vision board that I want to be able to see a little clearer for revisions. So things like that. Okay. So it's more of like a fluid process like as you write. Right. Right. Or sometimes if I have five minutes, I don't have a book on me and I'm waiting for something, I'll go on Pinterest and I'll scroll through and Pinterest will be like, here's all these things that would match your vision board. And sometimes I'll grab them or not, or I'll just, you know, just for fun. So it's more like a way to pass time that I'm revising it more than that I'm going in to actually revise it. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. And I do think it's important to keep in mind that because I think a lot of writers can spend a lot of time working on their vision boards. So it does seem 
you know, like a big time investment when you look at them, but you should revise your revision board. Like Joanna said, if you're like changing different elements or things like that, I don't think your vision board should be the static, like end all thing. So say you're big scene at the end you wanted to take place in an enchanted library and then you're writing so you vision boarded all these libraries and you know magical libraries and fantasy libraries and things like that and then you're writing the novel and when you get to that scene you're like you know what this would be so much better in a magical kitchen just because you vision boarded it doesn't mean you should try to force the library in there it's like save that board for another story Mm -hmm. and then make a new board for the kitchen So yeah, so kind of just, you know, as you revise your stories, you should also sometimes revise the inspiration or like what a character looks like or what a character is wearing or something like if you find that it's Mm -hmm. not serving your story. And that's a good writing lesson in general is not to force anything. Nothing is set in stone until you press publish. If it's not working, don't try to force your original idea, like let the story speak to you, let it be fluid, let it find its way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we have one last episode coming up on our nano series, and that is going to be an interview with author Bailey May. She's going to be talking about how she uses Scrivener to revise. So join us next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of a novel ending podcast. If you're a fan of the show, please help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review and by sharing this episode with your community. And make sure to check out our website, anovelending.com, to learn more about what other services we offer. Happy revising!